0: This is The Skirted Roundtable. I'm Linda Merrill from Surroundings.
1: And this is Megan Arquette from Beach
2: Bungalow 8. And Jenny Webb with Code to Texas.
0: And this week on The Skirted Roundtable, we are welcoming decorator and writer Annie Kelly, whose latest book, Rooms to Inspire by the Sea, is the latest in um, a series of books uh, with that beginning of the title and then themed and then lots of other writing and contributions to the design world. And this book is in um, partnership with Tim Street Porter, the noted photographer. So Annie, we're very excited to have you. and Thank you for joining us. Well, thank you. It's great to be here. It's really a beautiful book, but we like to uh, start with your background and your work in design and your background in design. And uh, a lot of our listeners are designers um, and mm-hmm. design writers, so it's people always find that really fascinating. So please tell us all about you.
3: Well, they, my first Project which really launched me as a decorator was um, working on a Frank Lloyd Wright house in Pasadena. It, it's called La Minatura and um, it was a wonderful experience. And, and, and but when it came on the cover of Architectural Digest, I realized I was a decorator.
0: <laughs> so your first project was on the cover of Architectural Digest. Yes. But huh. <laughs> was I thought the project?
2: I... Wait, what was the project again? It was La Miniatura.
3: It's a Frank Lloyd Wright house in Pasadena. But I always say that, um, you know, there's some credit should go to the architect. Maybe a little. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, that's quite a coup. I kind of realized I was a decorator at that point. I had trained as an artist. And I'd been brought in to help with the color, the colors of the of house. And, and um, but uh, I found myself helping with find resources and uh, search for furniture. And in the end, I realized I'd done
0: it. <laughs> so
1: you were brought in by the homeowner? Yes, that's right. So the furniture, I, I've i been in other Frank Lloyd Wright houses and the furniture was all his furniture, his design. So the, obviously that wasn't going on. Or, or did you sort of actually end up doing a collaboration with Frank Lloyd Wright? Were you bringing in furniture to to complement what he had already done? No,
3: because the, what. What was the most, well, what was the curious thing about the house was that um, the original client had never wanted his furniture in the house. In fact, even though he'd done the house for her in her original home in Chicago, we we realized quickly she actually was trying to get a Venetian sort of villa out of him. Hmm. And so there were all these odd, quirky details, and they really didn't relate to his furnishings. There were no there was no furniture even spec for the house, so we kind of had a blank slate in a way. And the client also, even then, the, was terribly expensive the furniture as well. So we kind of did a mixture between really good arts and crafts furniture, which was the closest we could get to the Frank Lloyd Wright furniture at the of the period, and we kind of brought in kind of slightly more exotic elements because um, it was one of it is one of Frank Lloyd Wright's concrete block houses with uh, quite ornate patterns on the block, which look almost Islamic. And um, so we kind of went, in, went for a little bit of exotica as well.
0: So now, prior um, to that, you said you studied fine art. You're from Australia? Yes, that's right. Um, I moved here with my husband, Tim Street Porter, because he's British and I'm
3: Australian, so we had to make a decision where we were going to live. If (laughs) if you're American and marry an American, that that topic doesn't necessarily come up. But with us, we had to make a decision. And I guess we kind of compromised by by moving to Los Angeles.
0: Somewhere in the middle.
3: (laughs) Exactly. It is, actually.
0: (laughs) And how how did you meet? Um, We met in Sydney, where um, Tim
3: was, he'd been visiting friends. Uh, He had English friends. And uh, who, who also went to Australia. So we, we sort of just met with mutual friends, really.
0: Oh, that's great. Wonder, yeah. it's really neat. And, you know, the fact that uh, you developed this collaboration for obviously over many books and... Well, actually, we've only recently started collaborating. Oh, okay. Um,
3: yeah. I mean, basically, we were both working on our own pretty much um, until about six or seven years ago when... Um, Tim had done some very successful decorating books himself, or design books, and architecture books, and he was the author. But he was just getting busier and busier, and it looked like he probably wasn't going to be doing any more books because he just didn't have the time to both write and photograph them. In fact, I was wrong. He had, he did do a couple subsequently, but um, that's what prompted me to move in. I'd, I'd done a little writing in the past, but um, I kind of moved into really just make sense of what, what we'd all been doing. And um, so I started, the first one I wrote was uh, one called Casa Mexicana Style. And uh, that we drew on a lot of Tim's source material that he'd already shot in Mexico.
0: But as time went by, you know, we,
3: we developed newer ideas and, and, and um, newer material. Uh,
0: so after the uh, the... miniatura house in Los Los Angeles Mm. Um, did you and being published on you know the cover of Arc Digest did you (laughs) you know did the phone just start ringing off the hook (laughs) no because not everybody had a Frank Lloyd Wright house oh that's true you know
3: doing a big exotic house like that especially um, gosh it must have been about 16 years ago or something you know, it, it, it. I think it was a, a little bit. It wasn't what. It wasn't sort of what every, everyone was, was necessarily wanting. But I mean, it, it. Of course, it did launch things naturally, as as you can imagine. But I, by then, I had already had my own house in World of Interiors, and um, then um, House and gardens um, the, the one that's got all. And um, and also in the English House and Garden, which still exists. And so I had house I had my own work in quite a lot of publications already. So it wasn't a huge Sort of jump, as you might expect.
2: Well, your house that you live in is pretty famous too. It, it's pretty well known. It's just beautiful. Well, it's been reasonably well documented, as you can imagine, being, being
3: a, it being Tim's house. <laughs> I mean, he mm-hmm. does take pictures of, of quite a lot. Yeah, it's in a very, very unusual house because um, I always there's no society like it here in Los Angeles. It's a sort of Tuscan-Venetian fantasy with a curved facade built in 1929. Hmm. And it's part of that kind of fantasy Hollywood um, uh, that was really? sort of developed in the 20s and 30s. You can kind of include, you know, the Chateau Marmont and the Chinese mm-hmm. Theatre and the Egyptian Theatre. There's always sort of theme architecture going on and you can, if you drive around the residential areas of Los Angeles, you'll see um, it represents uh, repeat the, the themes and ideas repeated in the housing, but ours was the owner of our house, or the, the builder of our house, she, she, had, she loved Italy, and so the house has a lot of details that you could really just call Italian it. We have a big two-story living room up on the first floor, which is like an old piano nobile, and um, the front facade only has three windows, which is also very odd when you consider it's curved.
2: I, I love it. It's like one of my favorite houses. I'm, I'm looking desperately on the internet to see if there's a picture of it. But you
3: can see how it's in the it, traditional that Hollywood is, fantasy architecture.
2: For sure. Yeah.
3: Annie, is that in the hills?
4: Yes. God, the houses in up fact, there are so cool.
3: In fact, directly opposite us lives Martin Lawrence Pullard.
2: I was going to uh, say that your house reminds me of his so much. Not the decorating, just the, they're both like these romantic kind of, you the know, fantasy. architecture. Yeah, they remind me of each other. So that's really interesting. Well, we are directly across the road from each other. And then on top of that, y'all own that charming Connecticut farmhouse. That's
3: right. It's on the cover of Litchfield Style. Right.
2: Right. Beautiful. I love that. I love that. In fact, I've stolen that picture so many times on my blog with the striped pillows and the, gosh, you really are talented.
3: Well, thank you. Actually, it's really all about the houses. I mean, when we got this house in Los Angeles, I mean, obviously, I had to do it justice. I mean, I kind of
0: became a decorator really just to do the house justice because it was so unusual. Who's the art? Is there an architect? No one, no one has anyone's ever heard of. He's done about six or seven in, in Whitley Heights, but the rest of them are mostly Spanish. His
3: name's
1: Nathan Coleman, but nobody's ever heard of him. Hmm. Uh, what gave you the idea to do your latest book, Rooms to Inspire by the Sea? Well,
3: actually, usually we, we generally come up with our own titles and our own book concepts. But this one was suggested to us by Charles Myers, who's the, um, the editor at Rizzoli. He's the uh, editor-in-chief, I guess you'd call him. And he... he well, actually, I had suggested in the future that we do do a series of rooms to inspire. But he asked specifically to do for us to do By the Sea, and this was a year ago. I just had visions of us, you know, in the Bahamas on the beach. Harbour <laughs> right, Island, here you come. Exactly. <laughs> I just thought, what a, what a wonderful way to spend the summer. I mean, to, to go around all of these houses. And, you know, I just thought it was just a wonderful idea. And, okay. um, and
2: the houses that you picked, you know, some of them are just so fabulous, like like Martin's, the one you did for uh, Frank, Joe Francis. Exactly. And you did India Hicks' house in the Bahamas. Well, you can see it was just this one. I mean, it was just this wonderful
3: experience because. And that's what I like so much about the books is that if I'm really crazy about a house, we can generally call up and and go visit and photograph it. And it's just, it's just
0: heaven. (laughs) So, yeah, how did you go about deciding which
1: houses? The list of of folks who would be, and and did anyone say they didn't want their house shot? And who are they? (laughs) Actually,
3: uh, the only time we ever um, uh, can't do a house is usually when we're competing with a magazine.
1: Ah, oh, yeah. Right, yeah.
3: And there was one one house, maybe, a couple, maybe one or two houses that we couldn't get because there was a magazine coming out and uh, they didn't want the book to come out before the magazine. Yeah, yeah. And uh, which actually would have happened when I think about it in retrospect because the book's about to come out and the magazine stories that I'm remembering aren't out yet. So... Um, That was kind of the only way we didn't, uh, you know, we we struck out. But there was always so many people that have got such great places. It wasn't terribly difficult. Well, Martin was, Martin Morris Bullard's project was was great. But that was easy because, I mean, Tim photographed his book, as you might know.
0: So in choosing, you know, obviously it's, you know, how many, roughly how big the book is going to be. And then did you intentionally do sort of the big and glorious, like the Joe Francis House um, and then also, you know, like John Darian's, which I personally love, but it's I you love know, that one.
1: That's it's, the one in P yeah, Town, yeah. Which
0: I've totally stopped oh. and walked and tried to look in the windows and everything. That's why if you if you have a book to do, you get to go inside. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh. And his shop is never open when I'm there. I have bad luck bad John Darian luck. But uh, oh. <laughs> But um, but yeah, I mean his house is just this total ramshackle old Is that
1: original the wallpaper in his house, looks like it's original to the house.
3: It is, and what was wonderful about that house was that so many people they walk into these wonderful, poetic old eighteenth, nineteenth-century houses and say, "Oh, I must have this," and then completely, completely take it all out and make them look brand new. Right. What he did is he just kept it as looking completely destroyed as it was when he was first walked in. But obviously, he did the essentials, and everything's all scrubbed clean and. And obviously the plumbing and the wiring and all those important things and the roof. And so the house has got it's the structure and
2: everything. is all just completely perfect. But he left these signs of decay and age exactly how they were. It's so My favorite is the Chris Mead house uh, in the Hamptons.
3: That was a wonderful discovery.
2: Who was the designer? Do they even have one? No, no, In fact,
3: lots of, uh, when I really looked at the book again in retrospect, um, a lot of people did their own work, did their own design and their own decorating. Chris Meek, he was a photographer and he did a lot of decorating books before he moved into being um, a storekeeper, which was his uh, English country antique store in the Hamptons. But um, he did a lot of books on American country style in the past and so he had a real sense of how he wanted things to look. And then his girlfriend, when Zoe moved in with him, well, she'd been in the antiques business for years, and her mother's a famous antiquarian. And so if you put them together, of course, they were going to come up with this really beautiful, beautiful house,
0: and just you know an amazing collection of this and that. And they had a store to draw from. Have, yeah. You know, the,
3: the, 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 English Country Antique is a huge store. It's the biggest barn you've ever seen on the way up to the Hamptons.
2: In the den or the living room, there's that chair, the deconstructed chair that it's like Restoration Hardware just <laughs> came out with that new line, and that's copying the things the like real that. <laughs> thing. You know, the real thing. Right
0: yeah. this is a real thing, yeah, what do you I don't know if you're familiar with that, Annie. I'd love to hear your opinion of restoration hardware has just come out with this. I don't know if you're familiar. this line of chairs that look just like that, but of course, they're all brand new
3: totally
0: yeah, I'm surprised that they they'll find a market
3: for it- uh-huh. yeah it's, hard to I, I, I would, the taste for that is so it's so particular. I didn't
0: think there'd be a mass market for that kind of look, no, I don't think there is, yeah. It'll be interesting to see if it's in, they carry it through.
1: Yeah, I was just talking to some friends of mine who are designers in San Francisco and they were talking about how they don't like restoration because none of it fits in the old Victorian houses. It's just oversized. It's too big. For one, you can't even get it through You know, up the narrow staircases, but it just looks odd because it's so oversized.
2: Oh, would be interesting. Well, no, they did come out with a second line where you can get everything smaller. The upholstery has two sizes. Yeah, yeah, they have a a small catalog for
0: small spaces. This
2: line is just, it's astounding to me. Oh,
0: I think
3: they're taking
2: some big risks here because,
3: as I say, you know, we've all seen what's out there and what people really uh, are doing, and um, I just think the marketplace for that sort of look is, is... it
0: doesn't seem to be as big as I, I, you would think. When you were picking the projects for the book, uh, was there sort of a formula of big to small to tropical to, you know, New England coastal or just whatever struck your fancy?
4: Yeah, I think the joy of doing a book like this is to watch it grow organically. Um, you know, you, you start off with something and then you think, oh, well, I've always loved this place or I have saw this one somewhere where for example John Darien I saw in the magazine vogue living the short-lived vogue living but they tried to pretty it up with like lots of flowers and stuff and oh yeah but I kind of saw the decay behind through the vases of flowers and you know and of course'm I love John Darian's things anyway and always have and so I've, I just thought you know it's probably would be kind of great and um, that's sort of the way the book just grew was You know, you get moved from one to another um, thinking, oh, well, you know, when we went to Harbour Island, Tom Shearer was our contact there, whom we'd met in Paris years ago. And he was very kindly kind of did email introductions to a few people, including the de Givenchy's. And uh, so that was very pleasant as well. And just managed, despite the hurricane having hit two days earlier, managed to get us into his own little house and have someone sort of vaguely sweep it out so it could be photographed. I kept saying, you know, cameras never show the dirt. <laughs> how long How
1: long are you in the house Is shooting? Is it a one-day thing? Is it all week? How does that work? Oh,
4: no, it's 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 usually, it, it, it depends, but it's usually one day. But if it's raining in the morning, let's say it might turn out to be a two-day shoot. just really depends. Mostly, John Darien was one day, and the... And Chris Mead was one day. It just really depends on, on, on availability and, uh, and what's there. But generally, no more than two days. Do you have no. a favorite of any of the houses? That's difficult because there might be a, fa- a fabulous house, but maybe not so much the location or part of you know the beach or something. The house, one house that's overall fabulous, of course, is um, Richard Shapiro in Malibu. And that was truly, I mean, that's a truly elegant house. And it's on one of the best parts of the beach in Malibu. Happily, I think I'm just flicking through it now. We were able to show most of it.
2: Oh, my God, that ceiling above the staircase is unbelievable. Oh, right.
4: But I'd also be just as happy with John Darian's house. My own personal style is closer to the 18th century.
0: Well, I think uh, particularly because I've seen... I. I'm familiar with where John Darien's house is. It just fits so what with the location. Oh, it you know, does. You know, I'm, I mean, it's so congested. Yeah. It, the pictures on the outside don't really show the, the just true congestion of the spot where he is, although he does have, like, the one view of the water, I think, on that street. <laughs>
4: well, I, we tried really hard to show where the houses were in relation to the uh, water because it's a book about houses by the sea. Right. So, And uh, this one had... More cars and people than 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 we normally would have, but it just really established the the view from the house, and it just established where it was. And yeah. I just thought it was a key shot. Definitely,
2: Annie. You have so many books out. Do you have one that has particularly a fond memory?
4: I love them all, but I right now. I mean, I loved um,
0: Litchfield Star, and yeah. that's and that's your own house. That's your your, Cape, your Connecticut house. Well,
4: I didn't. I didn't put much of our own house in oh, okay. that book because I'd already put it in rooms to inspire in the country. And I didn't want to, to, to put to, to to put it in too much twice, you know. And so but so it really just ended up being a cover picture. It's difficult when you do a book to work out where it's, that's a very varied book. You have to get a cover that kind of sums everything up visually. Mm-hmm. And when you've got Many, like for example, rooms to inspire by the sea. That was terribly difficult finding the right cover that, so that people could get a sense of what the book was like. When you've got all these different styles, you have to to come up with a distillation. And by chance, the Litchfield style, our living room, was really the the the, the, the one that that had the, all of the elements of the book that seemed to be in that picture. But the rest of the book, I just loved doing because um, I love the area, and we've been there for about ten years, and and all the people in it are really good friends, and there's a, I think there's a consistency right through that book.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, do you
1: um, do you direct the photo shoots, at, or, or I mean, how does that work when you're working with your husband, who's you know such a talented, and <laughs> noted photographer? Do you really get in there and tell him how to shoot or what you want shot? Well, he's
4: been he's been working for so long, he really knows what he's doing. That said, though, it's usually a bit of a collaboration. But he really leads. I mean, I'll say, well, I think I'll probably write about this element because it's so interesting, for example. You know, there's a a wonderful chimney in Tom Shearer's, a big fireplace in Tom Shearer's own house in Harbour Island. And obviously I said to Tim, this is so wonderful. This is going to be a full page, you know. And so he says, yes, of course it's going to be a full page and shoots it so that it can be. We kind of collaborate like that. Yeah.
2: How is that work? working so closely though with your husband i mean is it
4: <laughs> well even though we've been together for a long time it's relatively new and it was awkward because it's difficult working with a husband because or one's husband because you um you've got to get past that well it's your turn to take the the, the garbage out kind of thing you know? okay and uh, you know you can't you've got to have a you've got to grow a working relationship out of the domestic one and and that that can that can be difficult but in the main what what really kept us together on these projects was that we have such a shared sensibility
0: are you still doing decorating like private decorate residential decorating work
4: um yes i am um i'm not working as much as i could because of all of the writing um so i'm just basically I've got a. I'm. I'm working, finishing up an apartment in New York, which has been wonderful. I mean, it's a completely beautiful place, um, huge two-story rooms and things. And then um, I'm helping somebody here in in uh, in Los Angeles with their house, and and so really, it's a matter of just consulting and and sort of light production. But I really enjoy it, and um, I think I write better about design and designers. If um, I'm going through the same things every day that, that everybody else is,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and um, what books, any books, um, in the horizon? Yeah, um. Funny you should ask that. <laughs> <laughs> I've
4: got a. a we're working on a new one. It's just. Which just slowly taking shape, and um, I've got a title that I'm sort of working on. If this makes any sense. It's going to be a, a, the working title at the moment is going to be called something like curated interiors. I want to do a slightly different book, and this is going to be something more like the personal collections of decorators and artists found at flea markets, antique stores, and auction houses around the world. Hmm. And I'm kind of thinking of breaking the book up into room by room chapters, and uh, and then sort of some ideas for display and things like that. Well, I like that about
1: your most recent one. I like how you have a section about collections, and a lot of the houses seem to have all these really interesting vignettes and collections of things. And I don't know if that's just because of the nature of a beach house it tends to be that way, but um, I, but I do love that aspect of, of yeah. the houses that you've yeah, shot. You're
4: at. right. I, I think it is the nature of beach houses, but. This next book I want to make much, even richer, full of lots of things, um, sort of like like maybe even slightly over the top. A bit world of interiors and feeling. I mean, I think that magazine's been a huge influence on almost everybody. But um, I think I I just want this to be a little bit more period, more sort of more eclectic and just kind of a little bit madder.
1: Does Tim have have any sort of, does he go by any rules as far as that you know, he always tells people, shares with people, as far as shooting a room. Is there, are there any simple and hard fast rules on?
4: Yeah, I've watched him work obviously, and basically, I think the biggest tip from Tim would be to follow the light. Mm-hmm. When when he's photographing a house, and uh, he first of all he tries to do it with a sunny day. Now that it, he used to insist on it when he was doing film, but now that with digital he can shoot in a darker darker climate environment, but he does prefer the sunny the sun because it can really illuminate things. It can and act like a so he he will go into a house and he'll watch where the sun falls and he will start on the side of the house with the morning sun and work around the house following the sun. Basically, mm-hmm. that's his basic modus operandi. Um, because that way he's ensured of plenty of light and often quite beautiful light. I spoke with some
1: photographer I'm blanking on her name, but she said she loved working with Noel Turner, how sweet we were talking about how sweet he was and, and um yeah, he's on old, yeah. It, yeah and she said he's so relaxing to work with when you're shooting room because she's like I remember shooting one room and I didn't know what I was where I was and he saw that I was struggling and he said, You know what? Just have a seat as though you were sitting in the room and the view will come to you from there and mm. I thought that's a really interesting she said, "Maybe even shoot it from that seated, seated position, you know." And I thought that was an interesting mm-hmm. concept.
0: That
4: is interesting. It's not one Tim necessarily follows. One of the things that you might notice, and um, when you go into some, an, into a house, a particularly a decorated house, is that quite often it's decorated to look good from the entry door. So, as, when you walk into the room, your first step into the room is the as, is the best aspect because that's the one that they the decorators have designed for you to see first and that's that Mm -hmm. that's how you sort of visually sum up a room is when you step right into it at that point and quite often that's the point where um a photograph should be taken because that's where that's the kind of main viewpoint of the room how did you
2: get into writing if you were a designer had you had an experience writing no no just
4: started writing really
1: for whom? who was your who was your first writing uh big writing assignment
4: I wrote a little for magazines in Australia, I mean, and uh, like Vogue Living and magazines like that, and then I just started writing, and, and, and Tim was the same. He wrote his, he's written about six books, and, um, again, he, he just sort of started writing, and then, you know, there's all these editors that um, come, you know, a, a, that will a part of the book's process will help you if you if you haven't had much experience I always encourage people to write their own books decorators to write their own books because I think that um with a good editor I think uh, most people can sound great
0: well Annie thank you so much this has been it's been really fun getting to know you and looking through your book with you and anyone who does, lives by the sea or wants to will be just really I know I am just really inspired
2: I also think it's nice that it's a series of books, and you know, to collect all of their books as a series, and to have it in your the rooms in your life. Yeah. Rooms to inspire yes. the books. Right. Yeah, if
4: you if uh, there's there are four now, and then also the two there's two, I realize that I've done two on particular towns, one on Litchfield, Connecticut, and the other one on San Miguel de Allende in Mexico.
2: Right,
4: and. So I've got the roots to inspire series and then the two specific towns and then the first one being cast, being about Mexican design. So I kind of I guess they fit together somewhere. The new book isn't going to fit in, into any of those categories however. Well Annie, thank you so much. Well this has been great fun. I just worry I haven't given you enough information but never
0: mind. No no, I think it's been really interesting. It's good.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: This has been the Skirted Roundtable with Megan Arquette from Beach Bungalow 8, Joni Webb from Cote to Texas, and I'm Linda Merrill from Surroundings. Thank you so much for joining us. You can visit us online at www.skirtedroundtable.blogspot.com or download our podcast from iTunes. Search for the Skirted Roundtable. Thanks again, and we'll be back soon.